0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Grow and Learn podcast. This is Zorina, your host. And today I am bringing somebody that can help your financial planning. Somebody that deals with hard cash or other currencies (laughs) that is not hard cash, but in any case, with hard money rather than mindset, rather than what you need to do with your um, mental blockages, We're gonna be talking concretely now. The question today that I'm posing to Emily Rassam, my guest, is what to do in case of an emergency with your spouse. What is the financial planning needed for you to do prior to such an event, or how to be prepared for an event of an emergency with your spouse? Emily Rassam is a senior financial planner for Archer Investment Management, Hello, Emily, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us. So not a lot of people like to, excuse me. Go ahead. I'm I'm, I'm thinking people don't like to talk about emergencies and about situations where, you know, God forbid they they can become widowed or um, where they're suddenly left on their own while they have previously depended on their spouse for uh, providing? How do you help people plan in advance?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So many financial planners such as myself um, will review different estate planning documents that clients might have put together. And you know, only 33% of Americans have put together financial planning documents, estate planning documents such as a will and your power of attorney and healthcare proxy. Um, So it's really important to have those documents in place. But really what I help a lot of people with is beyond those documents. So after you have those documents established, there are some crucial conversations that really anybody who is partnered up or married needs to have with that partner about their wishes, about where everything is kept, how to handle those finances. We found that there's this huge gap where people think that by just putting these documents together, they have an estate plan and they're done. But in the world that we live in today, everything's done online pretty much. And so your partner, if they're the ones that are handling the finances, they likely have usernames and passwords into all different banking websites and financial institutions. They likely might have more knowledge of you know, really how the finances work within your household, how bills might be paid. And so that's something that's really important is to sit down and have a conversation that both of you know, you know, how are things handled now? Where are they held? And should anything happen to either one of you? How are those assets then usable and transferable to the other one? So that's something that we we find is very important. Um, It used to be you know, 30 years ago, if somebody died, you would just stand at the mailbox and wait for the bills to come in the mail because, you know, things were, um, you know, typically mailed to your home and you'd get statements and you'd know where everybody banks. But now, you know, most people suppress those statements and everything is just online. And so these conversations are important to both have and to document um, so that you know where to potentially go. So that's mm-hmm. something that uh, we find is, is very important to sit down and have that conversation right away. Um, we recommend that our clients just pick a date night and, um, you know, have dinner or get a bottle of wine and sit down and, and, you know, just take a look at everything together and make sure, you know, where, where each of those pieces of information are kept. Mm-hmm. Secondarily, knowing where any physical documents are kept. So that's something that, I know I'm a crazy planner, but I will quiz my husband and say, "Okay, really quick, tell me where do we keep our state planning documents? And I I make him go and show me that he knows where to find them and, you know, other important information and paper documents that we own. So, you know, does your partner know where legal documents are kept, where if you have deeds or titles um, for property, um, other important information that you might have a paper uh, copy of? where all of those are potentially stored. So having that conversation as well. And um, also just knowing each other's wishes in general. So if something happened to one of you, you know, do you know, you know, does this person want to be buried or cremated? What type of service do they want to have? Who do they want to read at, at that service? Uh, what music do they want played? All of those types of things are something that it's, it's a real gift to the other person to have made some of those decisions and to think through some of those things earlier versus having a big surprise to that person. And then they've got to kind of sort and figure out and guess what your potential wishes were. So I know it it always, it never feels like the right time. It feels very strange. I started when my husband and I were in our twenties, um, sitting down and talking about these types of things, because Something can happen at any moment, and the more that you have pre-planned and determined and discussed, the easier that time is going to be on that partner to be able to pick up where you left off with the finances and understand what your potential wishes are.
0: I see. And so where does your work come in once the, the couple has had the conversation? Do you also bridge with some legal knowledge next to the financial knowledge? Because um, I assume many couples don't have uh, a a formal marriage. So Mm -hmm. how, how do you deal with such situations and where do you step in?
1: Yeah, so we typically guide our clients through what the legal process is. We're not attorneys, so we don't write those legal documents, but we either connect them with an attorney to do so or we connect them with an online resource if it makes sense to. So for a majority of people with, um, you know, situations that are not very complex, um, utilizing some of the online websites to develop standard estate planning documents is a great place to start, um, fairly inexpensive. Many of our clients we have found that, that work for larger employers, the employer actually offers benefits through work Um, through different types of legal systems. So LegalZoom or MetLife Legal, ARAG are three different ones that we see often come up on employee benefits. And so if your situation is fairly simple, you can typically pick up a legal plan through work at a very minimal cost per paycheck and then put some standard documents in place just to have that done. So we typically, um, p- most of how we handle estate planning is really uh, making sure that the client is really just moving forward through those steps and seeking out either those online resources or sitting down with the attorney if their situation's more complex. And then then making sure that all of their beneficiaries are named correctly on all of their different accounts. So very often when we set up new accounts, if it's a 401k through work or an IRA we've set up, Many people skip that step of naming beneficiaries, and it's very important that um, you have all of those beneficiaries named and that they are kept up to date. Over the Mm -hmm. 16 years as a financial planner, I have seen ex-spouses paid out. I have seen where people have done beneficiary forms where they named two of their children, but they had a third child after that point, and only two are named. And so that's an exercise that any old life insurance policies, old employer 401k plans, IRA accounts, anything that you have that you're allowed to name a beneficiary for, check each of those and make sure that those are up to date um, because there are many cases where they're not. And and that can create a lot more confusion and potentially pay out the wrong person.
0: Mm -hmm. I understand. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Who is your typical client and um, what kind of conversations do you have other than what you just shared with us? Um, Do you direct them step by step of what they need to do or do you offer them also different types of financial instruments that they could invest in? What is your, so to say, service portfolio?
1: Yeah, so we do comprehensive financial planning. Um, we work with typically folks that are mid-career. So a lot of our clients are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, really their peak earning years. So typically it's the years where you're going to earn the most um, and have the most complex lives and you're looking to set goals. And so a lot of what we do is we help our clients understand, you know, really what are you trying to accomplish with money in your lifetime? So are you looking to fund education for your, your uh children? Are you looking to retire at a certain point? Most people are, um, you know, setting those different types of goals and then aligning your resources to that. So how much do you need to save and what do you need to do in order to hit those goals? And we try to do that in the most tax efficient manner possible. So in financial planning, it's a little bit different than just looking at your taxes year over year, because what we're looking at is not just how do we make 2023 look the best possible from a tax planning perspective, We're trying to look at what are your lifetime taxes potentially going to be and how do we potentially minimize those? And so we look at your overall plan over decades and we look at, you know, are we using the most tax efficient vehicles to save and then utilize those funds later? Are we achieving each of those goals that you have set out in your plan? Uh, Maybe you want to buy a second property at some point or you have a goal to get out of debt. So we help you prioritize what those different goals might be and lay out a plan to help achieve those. And the estate planning really just comes in to say, well, if something happens to one of you, um, you know, what, what steps, what conversations, what do we have in place in order to make sure that the other spouse is still fine and the financial plan still works for them, they have easy access to all the information and assets and they're all titled correctly. So that's really where we come in from that perspective. But the main tenets of planning that we do are, Um, You know, building those goals, understanding our clients' values, understanding what they're trying to accomplish, um, helping them map all of that out and feel confident in that and feel secure in that. Sometimes it's tough to make decisions if you feel like you won't have enough money at the end. So how do I know I can make this purchase now if I don't know what that end, you know, is going to look like for me? We help answer those questions. We help minimize taxes. We help align all of the accounts to your state plan fund college planning, things like that. And we also help manage those investments for our clients. So the different types of buckets that are funding these different goals, we can help set up different investment accounts um, that are appropriately aligned to those goals.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask you about the investment portfolio of where you invest. But uh, before that, I wanted to ask you whether you offer some sort of uh, special insurances to uh, to these people that are doing financial planning? Is this a part of your offering as well?
1: Yeah, great question. So we don't sell any insurances. Um, We review those for all of our clients. So typically our clients will come in already with some type of life insurance, disability insurance. We're looking at property casualty insurance. So what types of coverages they have on their cars, home, umbrella insurance, or other types of insurance they might need. We help evaluate long-term care. But really that's from the, the perspective of making sure that we're protecting the plan. So we want to make sure that a big car accident or you know something that happens to your home, something that happens outside of your home, um, you know, a disability or death, something like that also makes your plan continue to work. So we're really looking at it from the context of planning. Um, at the end of the day, we don't sell any of those insurances, so we typically recommend that clients go back to their current insurer um, to potentially change those coverages or Uh, We always have a list of people that we potentially recommend or companies we recommend and send clients to if they don't have a broker currently. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Okay, so I had a different question, but I'll postpone it because now something else uh, comes to mind. What if the person uh, comes to you post factum? And can you advise them on where they should be looking for their uh, assets, how to access resources, what procedures they should follow to access them.
1: Yeah, so I'm sorry, post what type of event?
0: Post factum, if the person had passed and they hadn't had this conversation or they hadn't consulted you prior to the event.
1: Yeah, so typically, you know, we can help a client try to locate where somebody might have held different assets and held different resources. And so, um, you know, we just kind of talk them through looking at, you know, do they have access to anything? So do they have access to email that might have some confirmations or communications with an advisor? Um, Taking a look at the tax return can be helpful as well. So the tax return can tell us if that person had interest or dividends that came from any particular places. Um, Often going back to the employer will at least help to understand you know, are there 401k plans out there or things that exist there? So usually we'll just kind of talk with the client through what do you know? And then what can we try to look for outside of that? Um, There's a couple of additional resources that we point our clients to. One is we send everybody to go look at their state's unclaimed funds and unclaimed properties websites. So there's $70 billion sitting out there of unclaimed funds that are um, different accounts or assets that people have lost track of over time and those assets get they get turned over to the state and so i've had a client find you know as little as two hundred dollars and i've had clients who find fifteen thousand dollars i've heard of people finding over a hundred thousand dollars of old accounts so that's a great place to look even now for anybody listening um for yourself for your family members are there old accounts? Um, I just found one for my husband. Um, Apparently there's some kind of rebate check from Verizon Wireless that he never received or cashed and so that's sitting up in in the New York State unclaimed funds and he's going to submit a you know a form for it and hopefully get that check sent out to him now. So that's one place to potentially look. There are also some different websites. Um, There's a website Beagle that can help locate old 401k plans specifically It doesn't locate all assets, but that's a a place to start if you think that the person who passed might have had some older employers and maybe some old 401k plans out there. So there's some additional resources like that that can be checked um, as well. But I would say looking back through tax records, um, looking at those couple of websites, looking at what you can find um, from a paper documentation perspective and um, online emails, things like that can help to start to put some of those puzzle pieces together if they weren't organized before.
0: Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, do you know how, how long they keep these uh, unclaimed funds for?
1: Indefinitely. So oh. they do take a while to show up, though. So the one I mentioned that my husband had, um, it was at least four years ago that uh, he didn't cash this check and it showed up in, it, it appeared for 2021. So it took a couple years before Verizon at some point gave up on on trying to find my husband and they just said to the state, it's your problem now. So those funds will sit there um, until they're potentially claimed. So that fund will continue to grow indefinitely.
0: Wow. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about the the investment part now. Mm -hmm. Where do where do you normally invest um, for your clients? Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. So at our firm, uh, we hold assets at Charles Schwab. It's one of the largest um, investment firms in in America. And um, we typically build models for our clients um, of different types of investments. Usually it's an ETF mutual fund type of model um, that we're building for our clients. Um, And that's aligned to their risk profile. So every client that comes in the door, we take a comprehensive assessment with them to help understand what their true comfort level is with that risk and reward. And we actually model for them what they might expect for the ups and downs of the market. And so, you know, we'll take their current portfolio balance and simulate for them what that portfolio might do when the market's up, what it might do when the market's down, and show them in real dollars what that might look like. So, uh, you know, hopefully what that helps to protect against is somebody being very surprised when the market goes down and, and feeling that um, you know, panicked moment when the market goes down. Everybody's got that threshold of pain where, you know, their their investments have gone down and there's a certain point where it feels way too uncomfortable. So we want to kind of avoid that point by understanding ahead of time how they might react during those time frames. When we build those different models out accordingly. Um, our philosophy generally is that um, it's tough to, you know, significantly beat the market, we're not trying to every day buy and sell individual stocks and tweak the investments daily. What we find in our research over a long period of time is that people who are heavily managing accounts typically are are not um, outperforming the market. So over a long period of time, investing in more what are considered passive investments that really just track the market um, are typically going to be the best solution overall. And, you know, a a really high percentage, 80 some odd percent of active managers don't consistently beat the market. So that's our feeling is we want to be in a risk appropriate profile aligned with what the market is doing. And we really focus on that financial plan and making sure, you know, we're hitting all of those goals. So I'm having conversations with clients right now and talking about how it wouldn't be very surprising to see, you know, market slow down this summer and fall. There's a lot of indicators pointing to that. And, you know, our conversations are really about all of your, your are on track to achieve all of your goals. Everything looks great. You know, we're not looking at days, we're looking at decades. So we want to make sure that regardless of what the market does in the next six months, we know that we've got a plan in place that works to allow you to do everything that you're looking to do. So that's why we really like to focus on the plan, um, because we really can't um, affect or impact those day-to-day market movements.
0: Mm -hmm. I see. And so do you have a lot of clients that come to you recently and uh, inquire about the current situation with the banking system in the US?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's something where um, we always like to stay on top of that with our clients, um, have conversations with them regularly. Um, The first part of every meeting, we're talking about current events. So, you know, that's absolutely a concern. You know, bank failures have happened um, in in every single year in the United States. So even in great years, there are a small number of banks that fail each year. And so we talk about with our clients making sure that in each individual bank, they only hold within the FDIC bank insurance limits. Um, There are several sites that rate small local banks for financial strength. So we will point our clients to those banks and say, ultimately, you know, if you fear kind of anything going on with your current bank, it might make sense to look at those ratings and make some adjustments to who you're working with. Um, and then the impact on the overall market. So as of right now, um, you know, certainly there are a lot of headlines that are driving, um, you know, the market this year. Thankfully, it's still up year to date. But, um, you know, we are expecting a, a little bit more turmoil in the next few months here. So we just talk about what what you know, the overall plan looks like. And for any client that needs any kind of cash, you know, needs to take any kind of distribution in the next few months, you know, we're talking to them strategically about potentially setting that aside and really moving it out out of the market turmoil right now so that we're not going to watch money that they need in a few months fluctuate in value. I see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So where where is uh, Archer Investment Management, your company, the company that you work for, located? And do you also take uh, online consultations?
1: Yeah, we're exclusively online. So Ah. we are 100% virtual, 100% digital. Um, Originally, so Richard Archer, um, who's the lead advisor, founded the firm 15 years ago in Austin, Texas, and he maintained an office there up until COVID um, and really found that because we do work with most people who are really mid-career still working, um, there was a comfort level with most of our clients to move to an online environment. Um, it really opened up our ability to work with more people. Um, I, I'm actually based in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have uh, staff in Atlanta and New Jersey and other areas as well. And so we're able to, one, pull talent from different corners of the country, and we're able to work with the right types of clients you know, all over the country as well. So Right now, all of our clients have a virtual and digital relationship with us. Mm
0: -hmm. Great. Wonderful. Thank you, Emily. Is there anything else that you would like to add on the topic? Like what is the second most important thing to do other than have the talk with your partner?
1: Yeah. So I think communication is huge in general. And so whether it's communicating about, you know, what are my wishes when I'm going to die, which can be a tough conversation to have. It's really just, you know, where are we going together financially? And so I felt this huge shift in my own marriage when, you know, I'm a financial planner. I have been for 16 years. So, of course, I'm the primary person that handles our current finances. And I really just kind of handled it the first few years of our marriage and and didn't include my husband quite as much in those conversations. And it added so much value to us when we did decide to start sitting down monthly and talking about our finances together so getting his input on what we should be potentially doing, having those kinds of constructive conversations about you know, what all of our collective goals are and what we wanted to do, um, I found that really valuable. So that's something that we love to tell our clients to do is to set up monthly or quarterly um, meeting with each other and um, really sit down and, and, and map everything out. So it's so easy to get just stuck in the day-to-day and think about... You know, maybe what are in your accounts today or what your finances look like today or what you're spending money on today. But by having a financial plan in place and having conversation around that, it really helps to target, you know, what are things going to look like in five, 10, 15, 30 years. And, you know, what are some things I might want to do, you know, over that time frame and how do we work towards those? So I just say communication is, is excellent. Um, together and you know working with a financial planner to help map those goals out and help mediate those conversations um, help memorialize some of those conversations and those goals I think is a very valuable process to go through.
0: Wonderful thank you so much I'm sure this conversation was useful also for the audience outside of the U.S. because it's more or less the same principles apply Mm -hmm. anywhere in the world thank you so much Emily how can people reach you if they're if They're in the U.S. and they need your support. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So our website is archerim.com. And I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always posting you know, fun little tips and uh, financial advice on LinkedIn. So if you find me, Emily Rasam, on LinkedIn uh, with Archer Investment Management, I'd love to connect with you on there.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure and very informative. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Grow & Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow & Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.